Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach coming to you from, well, it's our new home in Westchester, Pennsylvania. <laughs> still still feeling very much like uh, the captain of uh, the floating home. But anyway, I have a really cool guest today. And as I've been mentioning, you know, when, when our show got featured, um, I forget some podcast uh, company we got like 160 people apply to be a guest for my weekly shows. That would take me for quite a few years. But Nicole Porter, I, I I reached out to her when I saw, first of all, she was a chocolatier. God, I love chocolate. And she's from kind of my old stomping grounds in Massachusetts up on Cape Cod. And, and third, she knows social media. So I know it's going to be a great guest. Anyway, Nicole Porter is a chocolatier turned digital marketer. She's a mom of three boys. She helps small businesses navigate the large and overwhelming, and I would say continuously overwhelming world of social media by focusing on what's really important. Nicole helps small businesses create awareness for their brands, connection, and real conversation with their customers. And most importantly, she helps drive traffic to websites and brick and mortar locations and ultimately to get more sales. That's what we're all after, right? After getting a degree in marketing from Assumption College, Nicole spent 10 years owning and marketing her own chocolate and ice cream shops on Cape Cod. Be still my heart. <laughs> Once she had her sons, Nicole decided to switch direction and go back to her roots and focus on marketing. Having been a small business owner for so many years, she's got a passion for helping small business owners get their product services and their message out to the world. Nicole Porter, how are you doing today? I am awesome. Thank you so much for that wonderful uh, introduction, Jim. That, thank you so much for having me as well. Well, you know I'm going to have some enthusiasm in my voice for chocolate and ice cream shops on Cape Cod. <laughs> That's just well, so I cool. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I've been on the air, well, on the air, doing the program for about 10 years now. Um, and what a lot of people tell me it's it's like a twofold thing. So this is this is my strategy. I'll reveal to you right at the beginning of the interview. They love the information, but they also love the inspiration. So I know we're going to share some good um, strategies and and social media marketing tips, but they all also love hearing the backstories of the entrepreneurs because we all got a backstory, and most of the time it includes some kind of struggle. So my first question is: Are you a first generation entrepreneur? Did you have uh, maybe parents or grandparents inspire you or or did you just take that accounting degree and start figuring out Facebook? <laughs> you know, I um I don't know. I am not a I don't think I'm actually a first generation entrepreneur, but it was actually not my parents and grandparents. Um they had regular blue collar jobs. Um, it was actually my great grandmother, great, great grandmother, um, had a shop of her own and I didn't actually know her, but I heard many stories about her through my, uh, grandmother. And mm. I was always, um, a very inquisitive kid. And, um, I would ask questions and constantly tell say, tell me a story, tell me a story about this woman that, uh, I got to know through her. And, so she was kind of my inspiration, um, but I did not get any firsthand knowledge. And I um, just always had 
kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, started the she had a great grandmother. That must have been like that must have been like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, right? Yeah, yeah. They came over. You know, the Italian immigrants uh, came over uh, on the boat at some point in the early nineteen yeah. hundreds, and um, they were. You know, I know my great grandparents were in their early teens, um, and my great great grandparents you know they were yeah you know their parents so so it is it is in the genes we'll we'll go with that so you went yeah. to college uh assumption college and you studied marketing i did yeah that was great did that for a few years and then uh when i moved to the cape that's when i ended up doing the chocolate and ice cream did you get a job after college or go right into entrepreneur entrepreneurship i very briefly worked at JC Penney as mm-hmm. a manager, and that was not for me. And then I actually worked for a couple real estate investors for a little while, and they were entrepreneurs. And I learned a lot from them. So I went into the chocolate industry pretty soon after, though, maybe about a year or two after. So college. did you start in your kitchen, kind of like you see on Shark Tank? I started making great chocolates, and people said, "Hey, you ought to sell these." <laughs> you know, I didn't. I started resale first. Um, and then what ended up happening was I realized I could be a lot more creative. I could do, get a higher profit margin that way. So that's when I ended up starting the the making of the chocolate. So I didn't start making originally. Uh, okay. At first, it was just resell. Yeah. And I'm guessing um, knowing the Cape, unless you're in a very large town, which there aren't that many, you're, you were very busy uh, June, July and August. And the rest of the year was kind of slow with the ice cream store. Definitely. Yes. We land, we leaned more on the chocolate and the holidays, Christmas, Valentine's day, Easter for the chocolate portion in the off season, but definitely you would be making the majority of your income in three months. Yeah. So then you went and started having kids, became a mom. And it's like, I need something a little more, <laughs> st- you need some more stability. And that's when you started your uh, social media company. Yes. Uh, I was in a BNI at the time when I was doing the chocolate and she, uh, there was a mortgage broker who said, you know, I see you always marketing on Facebook and Instagram and I get your emails. And she said, can you come and teach me how to do Facebook? Oh. And I said, okay. And I went to her, I went to her company. I went down to her office. I actually brought my newborn with me who's seven now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I taught her how to use Facebook. I wrote her a whole plan and then she paid me when I left. And I said, wait a minute, why am I still sitting in my kitchen all day? Cause I would literally hand dip one by one every single day, all day long. And that doesn't include, you know, marketing and setup and cleanup and packaging and all of that. So it, it was chocolate was very labor intensive. And I thought at that point, it was really time to make a switch and go back to my roots, go back to my marketing roots and, and do what I really love. And that's helping other entrepreneurs and nonprofits. Well, that's interesting. So did you, was BNI one of the ways you grew that business initially or or how did you start marketing yourself? The candy business or the social uh, media? When, once you started your social media, you know, helping people with social media. So originally I did market through BNI. I did a lot of other networking as well, just really push the networking hard, uh, doing a lot of, you know, coffee chats or one-to-ones or whatever you call them, um, but also networking on social media. So kind of uh, dual networking, I guess, online and offline. Okay, cool. All right. So your company, Monomoy Social Media, t- um, 
so what are the main services that you help entrepreneurs with? So I say that we help people two ways. We either do full service social media management, which basically means we're taking over their social media for them so that they don't have to worry about it. So and when you say take it over, I mean, and believe me, I've been doing this so long, I kind of know the answer. So I'm asking for the people who are inquisitive, really, is the is the greatest challenge still and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just the host here, is the greatest challenge still, how do I have time to create the content, whether it's, you know, memes or videos or blog posts? Is it still a, a, a time driven problem? Oh, yes, absolutely. 100%. Okay. Yeah, yep. that is the number one answer I get from people is that they just don't have the time to do it and it ends up falling by the wayside because they don't have time. And and, and I would say if that's number one, number one B immediately following is I don't know what to create. <laughs> I don't know what's yes. going to get traction, right? Yep, absolutely. That is the number two answer. You are absolutely right. Um, and so we try to alleviate that issue. We try to, you know, we either do it for them or I have a membership program where I help people do it. So what we do with that is we actually give them templates and we give them captions. So mm -hmm. it literally says, post this graphic with this caption on September 1st and this one with this one on September 2nd. Um, and so I thought, you know, how could I help people with those two problems without doing it for them. And this is my way to answer that question. Wow, and that's pretty so they, cool. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm, you know, I really, like I said at the beginning, I really like to help entrepreneurs. I've, you know, I've been a small brick and mortar. So I understand those struggles and that time struggle, especially being a mom doing it is mm -hmm. huge. It's really hard. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, what's, what's the best way around this? And that's, that's what I came up with. Here's your so Nicole. I don't want to be a devil's advocate with my guests, but I know somebody's driving in the car right now. Jim, I hope you ask him this question. So here it comes. So I know a lot of people think, well, how does she know my business? So I get the template thing. So you get certain pictures, maybe headlines, et cetera. But how do you how do you know my customer? Because every every business owner thinks their their customers are very unique. Yeah. And they are. And they are. And I would say there's two answers to that question. Um, one is that we try to give about half of your content is something you could just copy and paste. Uh, you know, it's National Book Day. It's the first day of fall, something like that. The second half. So you get about, you know, 15 posts of that and then 15 posts of, um, you know, to really try to show us behind the scenes, show us something this about your business. Show, Give us a testimonial, something like that. Um, and then the other part of that is there are certain tried and true types of content that most people will respond to. Uh, for instance, those behind the scenes type posts. People really want to see authenticity. They want to see behind the scenes. They want to, they're kind of voyeuristic. So behind they, they the really scenes of your business or behind the scenes of your personal life. In other words, do they want to get to know the entrepreneur? And, you know, a little more personally, besides whatever it is they do, or are you saying behind the scenes, you know, how, how they make the, the donut, so to speak? Both. I would say both. I okay. think people really want to see the business owner because that helps them connect them to the business. You know, if I talk about my kids and my dogs and my ducks, I have seven ducks. Um, it's, it's a lot more memorable than I do social media, yeah. you know? So you, you really want to let people see behind the curtain and tell them what you're all about, because it should 
attract the people that resonate with you and it should repel the people that don't. That's a hundred percent true. You don't want to attract the wrong people. Yeah. Um, So yeah, you should show both. I call it opening the kimono a little bit (laughs) just to to be a little silly, but it's true. You know, so my social media, I'm, I'm big on uh, Facebook uh, and then LinkedIn used to be big on Instagram until I got hacked to death and now I'm shut down, but (laughs) I know what a pain. And, and I'm, and I've done videos for years. Um, And, you know, my, um, my way of saying this to puff puff up my own chest is I'll post something brilliant about marketing and it might get a couple likes and then I'll post a sunset from the back of my boat and it gets a hundred likes, you know? So, oh, yeah. but it, I mean, it really is about making the connection, serving your audience, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and those things can work together. They don't have to be one or the other. You can serve your audience with your business content, but you could also inspire them with the sunset from the back of the boat. And, you know, the more people that see that and they are inspired by the sunset from the back of the boat, then they're going to see your other stuff too. And they're going to see a really well-rounded picture of who you are and what your business is all about. And the more people that you can connect with that way, then you're going to be able to serve more people that way. That's great. That I was checking out your blog. You got a lot of good blog posts. One of your blog posts is it says social media in 30 minutes a week. Is that really, is that about what the average small business owner should spend on their social media marketing 30 minutes? Well, the answer is it depends. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I think that you know, the, when I put that blog post together, what I was really hoping was making, hoping to make social media accessible to people. And I'm a really big fan of, you know, doing what is manageable for you. And if you can set aside 30 minutes a week to focus on your social media, and that's all you can do, then that post is a system for you to do that. Okay. If you can spend more then there's certainly other things you can do. There's other connections you can make. But I like for people to not feel overwhelmed. And if they think, oh my God, I've got to spend four hours a week on social media, they're probably not going to do it. And then it's going to go go to the wayside again. So I really want to make it seem manageable for people. And if they can do 30 minutes a week, then that's a start. And that's, you know, if they could be consistent with that, that's going to get them so much further than just not doing anything and, and getting overwhelmed by it. So I'm curious about your um, your answer for this. I mean, between Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, I guess are the big ones, but then there's also, you know, YouTube, there's blog posts, um, real. I mean, there's so many things. How many We'll call them platforms. How many platforms should the average small business owner be on? I say one or two. Okay. And I really think you should focus where your clients are. If you can hone in and really nail down one or two platforms, again, it's going to get you so much further than if you try to be everywhere. If you feel like, oh, Clubhouse is new. I have to be there. I have to be on TikTok. And, And that's great if that's where your people are and you choose that as your main platform. But if you feel like you have to be everywhere, again, you're going to be nowhere and you're not going to be doing anything very well. So if you feel hey, I have 30 minutes a week. I'm going to focus on LinkedIn and Facebook. And these are going to be my two hero platforms. You're you're going to go a lot further. 
So um, I'm curious about your impression of this and whether you specifically use LinkedIn for your business or you help your clients use LinkedIn. I mean, it's it's always been to me since the beginning, the professional social media. Oh, it's for resumes and it's really much more professional than say Facebook and MySpace way back in the days <laughs> and even mm -hmm. Instagram. But what is so off-putting to me are these DM messages that flood the inbox every day. And some of, and you know, they're spam because they're like, Hey Jim, have you ever thought of starting a coaching business? Well, <laughs> been coaching since 2009, I'm able to do it three days a week and make a nice living doing it. I mean, what, so what, what is the, I, I guess the re, but the other side of the coin is if it's being done to that degree, that means it's working for somebody. What's your take on LinkedIn and specifically um, direct messages? So I love LinkedIn. It's my number one platform for my business because okay. I'm a business to business business. That's a lot of business. I'm <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. a B2B business. And um, so, but I think direct messages should be used strategically. I am not a fan of those type of messages. If I get something like that, or if I get somebody selling me right off the bat, I just delete it. I don't respond. Um, I don't put energy into it. It, it is frustrating, but it's not worth my time to get overly worked up about it. Okay. But I do think you can use direct messages to create a relationship with somebody. And I think that is really underutilized on LinkedIn. I think it, in pla the platforms in general, I think people think I'm going to put out my content and, and that's all I have to do. And that's not all you have to do. You really need to converse with people. So you can talk to people when you connect with someone, talk to them through DM, say, I want to know about your business, get to know them, tell them about yourself. Don't, you know, overly promote your products and services, but this is why I thought I could connect with you and build that relationship. And that's going to get you a lot further than, Hey, you want to buy my stuff? Yeah. What, so what's the deal with uh, Instagram? And I'm, I'm mindful, we got about eight eight minutes left. So I want to cram okay. as much, get as much information from you as I can, Nicole. So Instagram, obviously you got the thing where you can share, I guess they're called posts or maybe not, but then there's also the reels, which I think are pretty hot right now. Yes. Um, reels are becoming the main form of content on um on Instagram. And that's because Meta wants to compete with TikTok. So what they're doing is putting, when you create a reel, it is, they're showing it to more people basically, but the, through the algorithm. And they just made a change recently within the last month that all video content is now going to be produced as reels. So it's all going out as reels, unless it's a photo or a graphic or something like that. And does um, Instagram actually show uh, specifically, if you put a reel up, they're more likely to show that than if you just put a meme up or, you know, some kind of quote or something? Yes. Yep, absolutely. They are going to show that to more people. Okay. But again, if all you have the capacity to do is a post or a two for the week, as opposed to sitting down and creating a reel, then then I would say create your post and do your reel when you have time so that you have something going out because not everybody's going to sit and watch reels every single time. So it's important to have base content as well. And it's important to make it manageable. Is and a real, have, I'm sorry, okay. I'm Pardon me. I want no, to get as much. Of, is a reel on Instagram like a clip of a longer video, or is it something you specifically make to fit that real time frame? Do you know what I'm asking? 
I do. And okay. it can be both. Um, okay. you, you can do a lot with reels. They don't have to be just one thing. You can take a, a clip of a longer video and make that into a reel. You can make a reel from scratch. You can make a reel from a bunch of photos. You can make a graphic style reel with, um, you know, on Canva and put music behind it. So there's a lot that you can do. I actually have a blog post about reels that is um, something along the lines of seven ways that you don't have to be on camera to do reels. Um, and because I think that's where people get stuck. They're, I don't want to be in front of the camera or I don't always yes. want to be in front of the camera. And you don't, you don't have to do that. People feel awkward sense. about their looks and their voice. I mean, some of my clients, I'm like, we got to get your podcast going. Oh, I got such a silly voice, you know, <laughs> I got all kinds of reasons not to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all our own worst enemy or our biggest critic sometimes, but that is true. You know, I, I tell people start little by little. I don't know what you think about this, Jim, but you know, I say, you know, if you start with putting one photo out there and then maybe the next month you put two and you work up to it, you'll get more and more used to sharing your voice and your face. And then after a while, it won't seem so scary if you take those baby steps. It's, um, I mean, I, I have sort of a love hate relationship with Facebook for many reasons, but let me just stick with the small business marketing aspect of it. Um, so they seems like they change constantly what they're going to show, what they're gonna, when they're going to show it. I mean, they just seem to really make life difficult almost intentionally. It seems like for small business owners. Yeah. It, Facebook can be very frustrating these days, but there are two things you can do. I think to kind of get around that a little bit. Okay. Um, one is uh, those reels are also on Facebook and they're kind of jumping on that bandwagon as well. So you could definitely, um, you know, create some of those, put some of those on there to get your views up a little bit. The other thing that people really don't take advantage of are the Facebook groups. And I think those are one of the biggest assets. And I don't necessarily mean that you should have your own if that doesn't work for you. But if you spend a little bit of time each week going and interacting in niche-focused Facebook groups, and there are Facebook groups for everything, trust right. me, there are a million and one, um, <laughs> you know, pick one that's pretty active and make some time to converse and talk to other people in those groups. And over time, you'll definitely see the needle move. You'll get more views. You'll get more conversions, which is what most of us are looking for. Right. I knew this was going to be a great interview. Nicole, you've shared a lot of great information. Thank you so much. How can people connect with you? Do you want to, uh, do you have a Facebook page or you want to give your LinkedIn account or your website? What, what, please feel free to share. Oh, thank you very much. I would say all of the above. You can find me on, on yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn as Nicole Porter. You can find me on Facebook as Monomoy Social Media. And the same thing for my website, monomoysocialmedia.com. Uh, and any of those, I would love to connect. And as I mentioned, I'd love to have conversations. So I, I would love to talk to anybody. Excellent. And Monomoy, in case you're challenged with the English language like, like <laughs> I am, it's M O N O M. And then OI, OI, and then social media. <laughs> Monomoy, socialmedia.com. Nicole Porter, what a what a treat to have you on my show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jim. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Nicole Porter. 
former chocolatier and ice cream shop owner on Cape Cod, and now pretty savvy in social media marketing. You can connect with her at monomoysocialmedia.com. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in joining me and about 27 other very smart entrepreneurs in the uh, Dream Business Mastermind, that's my group since 2009, you can get more information on that at dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.